right, here we are. Wow, the second episode of A Slippery Slope. Yes, I am. Two. What's that? I said number two, but that sounds like a horrible thing to say. It's just like saying shit at the beginning of the show. (laughs) Right? Yeah, okay. All right, well. Sorry. On our pilot episode, we kept calling our podcast the LTV podcast, which seemed a little awkward. And so I I added a lead in that said, hey, this is a slippery slope. And uh, so everything was fixed last episode, but, you know, whatever. Well, that's, that's what a pilot episode is for. To, now uh, we've been picked up for a series and... Exactly, <laughs> yes. We're A Slippery Slope, which is a LTV production. Ah, So we can still tie like it that. in. And that way, our website, ltvpod.com, still makes sense. Right. And well, let's face it, L the L stands for lube. And if you lube right. a slope up, it's going to be a slippery slope. Exactly. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes, makes perfect sense. It makes sense on so many levels. It, it, it you know, does. <laughs> I was, and of course, just being curious, I was like, "Well, I want to make sure that we haven't misnamed ourselves." And I, I know what a slippery slope is, but I wanted to get the, you know, an actual definition. And so I looked it up, and one of them was it said a course of action that seems to lead inevitably from one action or result to another with unintended consequences. Well. If that doesn't describe this show, I don't know what, you know? (laughs) Okay, indeed, indeed. I I guess generally a slippery slope has kind of negative connotations, but... Well, that's what I was just thinking, yeah. But, you know... It leads to unintended uh, negative... um, True. But, uh, you know, we're we're, going to try to twist that definition a little bit. And maybe unintended consequences could sometimes be more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sometimes okay. when you get tangential, you know, you go out on a limb and, and it's it's an amazing view from there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> wow. Man, you're so freaking deep. No, Thanks, that's great. man. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, hey, who are you, by the way? Who am I? Yeah. You didn't who introduce I, yourself. Am I? I thought I did. I said, hi, I, I'm Mark Browner. Yes, did I you? am. I, I think I did. Well, maybe yes. I should pay better I'm, attention. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know if I tossed it over to you. And you being my wonderful co-host, Lodger. Say hi to hey, the man. folks, Lodger. <laughs> hi to the folks, Lodger. Yes, perfect. That's exactly it. So uh, That's exactly what you wanted. Yes, that's it. Oh, back to a slippery slope. I also saw another definition. Yeah, sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, ah. yeah. Hey, man, tangents are it what we're all. the title, right? That's what we're all about, dude. <laughs> we're just sli- that's right, man. We're slipping and sliding all over the place. But uh, another definition I saw is that a process or series of events that is hard to stop or control once it has begun. That oh my is, god, it's like that, the perfect definition. That's the best definition I could find. So uh, yeah, I yeah. like that. So I think yeah. I'll go with that one. So. I think that's, you know, I think, too, when we get back to the original kind of mission statement of John Christensen and, and Lube TV, TV was to lubricate, yeah, lubricate the social environment. And when you lubricate the social environment, things start running in all kinds of directions that you don't expect. And and you find out things you didn't expect to find out. And it's just it's just all good, man. Well, I, I think that's probably... <laughs> 
that's probably where all the all the magic happens is is uh in the unexpected you know yeah and, uh, in the so, tangents and the and the unexpected indeed right. i think it's it's a matter of putting things out there and and letting them run where they may and you know you can't foresee the wonders of yeah. the world so to speak so i don't know uh, i'm kind of running well, off yeah. i'm running off on a tangent now but the, uh, but i like fine. that i mean that just opened that opened my mind to a whole it just is such a positive thing because people think of a slippery slope being something negative usually and it, yes. it really rightfully you know, so maybe you slide, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, but sometimes you slide into something unexpected and amazing. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the whole that's the whole beauty of hey the we, world, man. We, we've all we've all we've all like a real hippie here. <laughs> we we've all slid into something wonderful and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and After I'm, a night of social lubrication. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah. And uh, one thing we were talking about before I think we started recording, maybe, was we were, we were thinking about theme music for the show. And, and uh, you know, probably by the time this show is aired, we've already uh, found theme music. And so you're wondering, why are they talking about finding theme music when it's already attached to their uh, their podcast right now? But right. We're, we're in the past, and editing happens in the future, and so... <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. sometimes, yeah, I, I'm, you, okay i'm messing with my you, head now i'm messing with my head <laughs> sometimes that's that lubrication slides you right back to the beginning you just right. you you get slid into the past man yeah i, I want you to <laughs> I feel, i'm starting to feel like tommy chong over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah man that's so cool wow <laughs> Yeah. yeah, unicorns! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> gotta love Tommy Chong, man. Ah, uh, who doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was thinking about intro music, and it's probably in what what is going to end up being our theme music, probably because of copyright issues, and uh, don't want to run afoul of that. But I don't know. Maybe there's a fair use clause or something. And we're not making a profit, but uh, there's a song called "Boredom" by the Buzzcocks that has a really cool mm -hmm. intro to it. I'm just going to play it from my phone into the microphone, and, and you can hear it. I think you've probably heard it before, but, uh, you know, for the audience's sake, oh, yeah. for, for funsies. Here you go. Anyway, just something, just something fun. I love that song, so it's probably not going to be our. It's not going to be our theme song, just because I, I'm concerned with copyright issues. But I don't know why I am. It's not like we're making money yeah, off it. Yeah, I mean, well, there's that, and then uh, it's it. I guess it's a it, worst case scenario. You need an ASCAP or a BMI license or something. I don't know. Right. A, a, I don't know how that stuff works, man. Is, is that a body mass index? Uh, it is. BMI? Okay. <laughs> Never mind. It's a but, song uh, by the Sex Pistols. No, that's EMI. Oh, yeah, that's, of course, of course. Yeah, what, Who? What? BMI? <laughs> <laughs> another, another great song. I like that. 
Oh, I love that song. Yes. You know, I didn't get into the Sex Pistols right away. It took me a long time uh, to really appreciate that record. Yeah, me too. Me I, too. I, uh, I, I, I was too I busy was... listening to other stuff at the time or just unaware of certain things at the time when that, when that album first, was, first came I... out, you know. I was much more of a of a, what was called a new waver, and I really liked a lot of keyboard stuff. And so something that had guitar on it, I just it took a while for me to get into it. You know, yeah. it took a while yeah. for me to get into the Ramones and and um, right. Uh, I'm trying. There was just another band I was just thinking about that's a lot of guitars, but but you know, then you listen to that record and you're like, Jesus, it's an amazing record. Right. It seemed so so dangerous when it came out. Oh yeah, well, it caused public outcry, uh, probably particularly in Britain. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, you know, but it also in the United States, it was like, oh, they're poisoning the minds of the youth. Oh, I remember. Horrible. I saw this. I saw this show. It was a weekend night show. I think it was a right. show. There was a show in the seventies that I think it was Geraldo Rivera and Rona Barrett of all twosomes wow but it was some kind of new show well, and they before had a report became for, a conservative right oh yeah back <laughs> in the day when he was yeah when in the late just, 70 or mm, 76 or so when he's so still I'm 12 when or still, 13 yeah when he still had some credibility yeah but anyway and they showed a, a, a punk they had they showed a punk show in britain where people were pogoing and and there was kind of a, the preliminary beginnings of mosh pits and that kind of thing right and I, it was slam dancing then yeah and it was it was you know of course they hyped it up to be this dangerous thing that kids were doing and people were getting hurt and blah 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 and it's you know i was young it scared the f out of me i'm like why would they do that <laughs> <laughs> why would anyone want to hurt anyone uh, like that that's so funny and it was just a bunch of you know it's just a bunch of kids having fun i'm sure people got hurt people get hurt in mosh pits but you pay right. your money you take your chances right but yeah so like punk you know when the when the pistols were first starting and punk was starting in britain it was sold in America as something really dangerous and, exactly. and violent and, you know, out of anar anarchistic and out of control and mm -hmm. and that, you know. So no wonder it eventually appealed to me. Yeah. Of course, you know. <laughs> as when I that, got older. Right. Yeah. As, as, yeah. Same here. I mean, in 76, I was, what, 12 years old. So, uh, you know, I wasn't quite old enough to appreciate something like that yet. Right. So there you go. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know exact. I wonder what. Oh, I do remember I'm, when I first started um, l listening to Bowie and and buying a lot of um, rock magazines that were Bowie was in, which was you, you know things like Cream magazine and there was actually a m magazine called Punk Rock magazine. Right. And I've heard of it. And there and there would be stories about bands like the Talking Heads and Buzzcocks and and Devo and all these bands that were were fairly unknown or just starting at that point and right. That's kind of how I found out about those things. Started to get interested in them. Right, that's true. Yeah, I remember those magazines. Well, I, I don't think I ever saw Punk Rock magazine. I mean, I think those are pretty rare to find uh, uh, old copies of those now. They're probably worth something. Yeah, I wish I wish I had. Some of those things that I had, or even the yeah the back the, in the, day. the the hit parader and uh, uh, the all the all the magazines that had uh, like lyrics to songs and things like that. Those were like gold at the time. Oh yeah, if you know oh, what I'm I bought, yeah, about. and it was there was actually a magazine called Song Lyrics. 
that uh, I bought quite uh-huh. often. Right, right. It's funny because I was a real pop music fan. I when I was a young teenager, I loved before right. they were disco, like seventy three, seventy four. The Bee Gees, I freaking and I, now I love them still, but you know I love the Bee Gees and and uh, stuff like that. And and you know, um, I think I appreciate the Bee Gees more now than I did at the time. I was kind of one of those anti-disco reactionaries back right. in the day. You well, know. I be- I, beca- I became one because it was a part of the pose, of course, of being a, right. a new wave or punk rocker. You were supposed to hate those things. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I always secretly loved them. <laughs> okay. And no, so, you know, so, I get it. You know, I get it. Whatever. Which is great when, you know, now that I'm older and I have a, a much broader view of music and, you know, I love cheesy 70s pop music. I'll listen to Convoy by C.W. McCall anytime anybody <laughs> wants to play it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you got it bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know, I can listen to that and then listen to the Boomtown Rats and then whatever right after right. that. And well, no, that's cool. Robin I mean, Gristle and, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I think variety keeps your, keeps your brain in check, keeps it, keeps yes, it, keeps yeah. it popping at, uh, at different frequencies. So that's Yes, nice. I think cool. so, too. All right. That's why I get I get a little uh, I get a little um, cheesed off <laughs> at uh, people who put down people like Justin Bieber or someone who you know maybe that's not for everyone but you right. know yes there's, it's, there's it's, it's not for everyone <laughs> to that yeah there's but, uh, value to, to no, what I he mean, does I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on somebody's appreciation of something of some music or shit whatever you know. It's the way I am. Right. Um, it may not be for me, but, right. you know, there's, there's very yeah. few things that I can't listen to for a little while. Right. You know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, talk about a slippery slope. Yeah, I know. We got, <laughs> we, we slipped off into, uh, into uh, music land there, which is cool with me. Yeah. Or the history yeah. of music yeah. or whatever you want to call it. So, anyway. Let, let, uh, right. Let's move on a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. First off, I need to uh, issue you a, a formal apology for blowing you oh? off for blowing you off last weekend. Because oh. <laughs> remember you, you remember you sent me a uh, instant uh, instant message. Uh, well, I guess last Friday afternoon, and I have I have uh-huh. your, your text message uh, right in front of me here, and you said uh, uh, you said you guys got plans for this weekend. And I texted back very tersely, nope. <laughs> that wasn't very nice. Was, I could have explained a little more. Oh. Than, then you said, I need a motive. And I was like. <laughs> that's what the kids say these days. Oh, well, Did you what, know that? That's what you texted in there. You said, that's yeah. what the kids say when they're looking for something to do. And I typed yeah. back, ha, exc- exclamation point. <laughs> and never never responded. God, well, sorry. Was, well, I, I apologize. because. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. Well, I saw, of course, on social media that you and the wife were at. You went somewhere Friday night, I think. I I, w- like, I, w- I was getting to that. We went yeah. to an ACL live taping. Austin City Limits Live uh, was taping an episode of their show, and uh, Sierra won tickets to to see Florence and the Machine. Ah. And uh, this is amazing, Sierra, who. For the listeners, she's my wife. Probably, on average, every three months she wins tickets to see an ACL live taping, and uh, sometimes she'll she'll win like two week two weeks in a row. 
it's it's amazing. I think you know she, what she does is she goes to their website and they'll post on a particular day. You know here, uh, send your email address and name, and uh, you could win tickets. You know, and so she makes sure that she immediately upon them posting that she she you know hops on it and and, and sends in her email address. And so she that's why her her numbers are so good at being able to uh, win the win ticket. We've seen we saw Jack White perform i think that was the first one we saw together we saw another band wow. called uh j roddy uh walston and the business which is kind of a i don't know a southern rock thing but not you know not stereotypical southern rock very uh, uh right piano keyboard heavy uh, matter of fact j roddy walston plays the keyboards and wow he's it was a, it was an amazing show and we also saw nathaniel hmm. ratliff and the night sweats one time if you've heard right. of them, you know they do the son, son of a, a bitch. bitch. I, I need a drink or something like that. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, but last Friday, yeah, at ACL Live, we saw Florence and the Machine, and wow, that was a great show. It was a, a really good show. I even after the show, I even recorded uh, my impression of the show. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, I I had had like three vodkas and sodas on an empty stomach, and so you know sometimes you you write things down or you record something and you think it sounds kind of brilliant at the time, but then the next day you listen to right. it, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's a drunk, that's a drunk idiot. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, that but, thing uh, where you're like getting getting high all the time, and you're like, man, we should write down all the things we say when we're high. Man, we say some cool stuff, and then you do it one day, and then right. in the light of day, you're like, oh my god, this is stupidest. So anyway, I I trans. <laughs> so anyway, I transcribed the audio because the audio I just recorded something on my phone, and it it's too much background noise to to play. So, but I wrote it. I wrote down my my impressions. Uh, it's not a not a review of the performance. I just want to call it an impression. And I'll I'll read read the transcript of what I said in my three vodka and soda uh, funness. Uh, so I said Flor- <laughs> Florence and the Machine, Florence Welch, ethereal, transcendent, gossamer dress, pale thighs, calves, bare feet, treading across seemingly rough barn board stage at Austin City Limits Live. Backup band, the Machine. On three platforms, two mirror image keyboard players on either side of one massive drum kit. Female backup singers doubling as trombone and trumpet players. A harpist was also present. The performance ranged from timid and playful to enervated and fierce. So that's all I that's all I wrote. So my question to so my question to you, Lodger, did I drink too much? Am I losing touch? <laughs> Did I build this ship well, to wreck? Was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my so. god, that that's so familiar. But what what is that? The lyrics to something? That's the lyrics to probably her most famous song. Okay, maybe. Okay. You know, I am not a huge. I don't know a lot about Florence and the Machine. I've seen them a couple times. I think they were on Saturday Night Live. Oh, and okay. I, it just didn't. It just didn't ring. You know, it just didn't strike me as something i was interested in so i'm not very familiar 
Okay. Um, well, you know, probably and, on and Saturday. There's probably night. a lot of songs I really like, but I I just haven't given it a chance. Yeah, there's she there's that's why I say you know she you know she ranged from timid and playful to you know just energized and fierce and real cool and there was one one part of the performance where uh, she there were some little girls from the audience that came up to the stage and and were twirling and so so Florence started twirling with them. It was like. It was like, wow. Oh, how cool. I just, I fell in love at, at that very moment. So, yeah. So <laughs> well, I was re- cool. I was really impressed. Well, you... It was a great show. Amazing. Well, cool. That's a good deal. Yeah. I, I, Wait, I'd how, recommend. Did you know that, did you know that she had won those tickets when you told me you had nothing to do that weekend? Uh, I <laughs> think I already knew that. But, but no, I, knew, oh. I I think I knew that already. But I, I, I assume that you were referring to like Saturday you were like at a Saturday. barbecue on Saturday. No, not a barbecue. Uh, well, uh, but a uh, fish fry with people from the company I work for. Yes. You were at a fish fry. I was at a fish fry. <laughs> it, it was. Well, but, it was funny because uh-huh. you said you had nothing to do, and then you're at Florence and the Machine. You're out in the park eating with the people you work with. I was like, this motherfucker had a lot of shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, Why did he tell me he didn't have anything to do? Hence, so hence the apology. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, but I'll, and I'll, it wasn't a big deal. I, no, I'll tell, I'll tell I, you know. Let me tell you about the fish fry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, was that? Did you uh, write notes on the fish fry? Uh, Are just, we going to hear a poetic discourse no, on fish I fries? I don't have anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, well uh, then it, I won't. I'll try to yeah. stop being an asshole. <laughs> no, it was Saturday. Saturday afternoon. It was at Emma Long Park, which is right there on uh, Lake Austin. So wow, that's a great park. We had to uh, plan an event there sometime just to go out hmm. with with friends. And the only the only downside it's like ten bucks a car to get in. But I guess if everybody goes in the same car, it's pretty cheap. Well, so, yeah, or you just take anyway. a couple cars. Yeah. So yeah. And the Long Park, I and feel like Long I've Park. been there, but it's been only one time and a while yeah. ago. It's just kind of a. Uh, and I'm not yeah. even sure why. It's actually a really hmm. big park there because they've got hiking trails and like motorcycle trails and mountain biking trails but then you've got just a, a a picnic area that's right on the river and that's that's really cool so that's that, that's a great wow. place to go emma well, long cool. yeah you, we're gonna have do to... you know do you know who emma long it was no emma long was the first austin city councilwoman ah yes i i don't know i don't know what year that was you mean the first the first female council person yes that's the, probably a better not, way of putting as, it. I put the okay, yeah. I said not, the first Austin City Council woman, but yeah, I guess that yeah. And to make it clearer, it would be I, I would, better to say the the first female council person. Female council person. Yeah, because yeah. at first okay. I thought you meant she was the first council council person ever in Austin, but no. But no, she there was a council. She was the first female member of the city right. council. I guess I was trying. I was trying cool. to be um, efficient with my words. So that's what I said. First <laughs> Austin I, City Council always, woman. <laughs> I has always needed more information. Ah, well, well, <laughs> I had okay. to I had to wring it out of until I figured it out. So Yes. Well cool. So, I did not know that. No. All right. Well, hey, I wanted to say not uh-huh. to get back to, to ACL and concerts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the thing one of the things that I'm super excited about right. is I got tickets to see Troy Savon at Austin City Limits in October, and wow. I am just so happy I could fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Troy 
Troy wow. Savan is this for for people who don't know, Troy Savan is this amazing. He started out doing. He's from Australia. He's about. I think he's 20 now, maybe 21. He okay. started doing YouTube videos. He had actually. I think he was on some um, Australian show that was equivalent to Australia's Got Talent or something when he was uh, really young and he sang and he actually had an album or an EP when he was a kid. But he, huh. he got famous really by doing YouTube videos and and he's uh, signed with Capitol Records a couple of years ago. He's put out an, an album and an EP and he's just this amazing um, performer. He's openly gay uh, and a great spokesperson for LGBT youth. Oh, and okay. uh, so his album yeah, I, is, I didn't is know that freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, I think that's how I really found him. I think I was on YouTube and I, I saw his coming out video. And wow. I think that may be the first place that I saw him. And um, so he's coming to Austin in October. So I've actually got tickets to see him in Austin in October. And then the next night, see him in Houston. So I'm going to oh, make shit. a trek to Houston. Really? I'm going to be like a groupie. You really he's, do love this guy. Okay. I, I do. You he's are playing a in Dallas the third night. I am. I'm like a teenage fangirl. Wow. He's, he's playing in uh, Dallas the third night, and I'd really like to go to that too, but I'm I'm thinking that's a little too crazy. But that's So I'm excited. So that's, awesome. that's something that happened this last week or so that just got me really hyped up about uh, – uh, the future. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Something to look forward to. Well, so. we expect a, a, a drunken impression um, poem from you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that will be our that will be our uh, our commentary on live music in Austin. Yeah, that's going to be our <laughs> shtick, man. It's going to be our yeah. bit. It's going to be our bit. Ram- We're going to have it. Rambling poem poems uh, in yeah. free verse. About the bands we see. I think. I after think. After three I, drinks. I think the 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 cornier the better. Or not corny. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the more the more uh, sentimental the better. Something. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know. But the, if the, you the like little riff that I you should feel sentimental. That's true. About it. The little riff I did was was definitely heartfelt. It was just you know a little alcohol uh, induced. But not much. It, that always makes things. But no, no. It's and just, it sounds like you really enjoyed it. That's you uh, know. Yeah, yeah. That, you uh, see a lot of live music now. I don't yes. see much. I, ha- I have and to you, say, because thanks to Sierra, I mean, she's been like yeah. the catalyst for uh, for me just seeing an exponential, ex- exponentially uh, greater number of live music. There's so many good live. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good local bands. You don't even you know. I mean. We're gonna have a show where where I you know have a segment about talking about some local bands that I really love and recommend to people. That that that'll come. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll have to do one of those. Cool. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we you and I have seen a few bands live here and there that we've really liked. Oh, Although absolutely. we tend to go to dive bars. Right. I mean, one of, it just made me think about one of the bands that we've seen live, and I think we've only seen them once, although maybe you've seen them more, that I love, that I would love to see again, is yeah. How I Quit Crack. That oh, band is amazing. Yeah, yeah I saw they're, them. That's re- they're really. I saw them once with it's, you it's like a, and saw them once with Sierra. Yeah. And uh, and it's like a, it's almost like performance art. Oh, it's it, more yeah. than just a band. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I would love to, to go see them again. They are one of those bands that uh, just really were interesting and and um 
fun and unique, and I can't wait to see them again sometime. Agreed. That's yeah. We'll do it. Cool. So wow. Yeah. Th- awesome. It's you know, it's I just love the. Uh, you know me. I don't like to. I, it's hard for me. You and Sierra go to all the. Well, I shouldn't say all, but most of the music festivals that come to town. Um, uh, fun, fun, I, fun fest, and yeah, we've probably done that ones. together more than any other thing. Uh, and we did go to the a- ACL Music Fest uh, for one day together. She's been a lot more times than I have. And I refuse to stand in a field to see music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you, you came with me. You came with Sierra and I to go to Blues on the Green. Was it last year to see? Uh, we saw Ben Queller. Ben Queller. That's exactly right. Yeah. Who we also saw in, uh, was it Belton or no, Waco? Uh, was it Waco? Taylor. Taylor, wasn't it? No, not Taylor. Taylor or Tyler. Not Tyler. Either. Tyler? Temple. Shit. <laughs> Temple, Temple, for fuck's sake. Temple. That's ah, right. Yeah. Jeez. Temple. Which I thought was where Taylor is. Where are you going, but it's Rabbi? Not. It's near. W- <laughs> I'm going to Temple to see Ben Queller. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ben Queller. I've seen him. I think more than anyone. Uh, him and Elton are probably the p- two people I've seen most. I've seen wow. Elton six or seven times. I've Holy seen shit. Ben six or seven times, and wow. I love to see Ben Queller. It's always fun. Well, ticket prices are way he's, cheaper to Ben Queller. Well, they are. That's true. <laughs> and he comes around a lot more often. I mean, right. Elton was my first concert in 1978. Wow. <laughs> so I've been wow. seeing him a lot longer. I haven't I haven't seen Elton since I moved to Austin. So the last time I saw Elton was like 96 or 97, I believe. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know the first band yeah, I ever I'm saw? Yeah, I'm looking forward. Who's that? <laughs> I saw ZZ Top in 1980, I believe. It was their El was Loco, their El Loco tour at the uh, Frank Irwin Center, but they had a really good light show with their. That was a long time ago. I've always liked ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah you know I've never seen ZZ Top, and I would like to see them. Uh, they used to pay play New Year's Eve in Houston a lot, and I just never got around oh, really? to seeing them. Yeah, well, you and know, I, yeah, I saw them what a year ago in Lagrange. My hometown in Lagrange. Yes, they ow, played ow, at the ow, they ow. played at the Fade County Fair, and wow, <laughs> yeah, Fade County Fair has a lot to learn about crowd control, though. That's the I'll only only thing I had yeah. only uh, negative comment I have to say about that. And not necessarily crowd control, but parking. Uh, and, yes, and parking and, flow is that. And yeah. well, and bus <laughs> doing shuttle buses correctly. For, for uh, when right, the show yeah. lets out and you've got you know thousands of people trying to get back to their back to their parking lot that the shuttle bus took you know took uh, was going to take them back to. Anyway, you know enough of that. Right. That's uh, water under the bridge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, I wish I'd. That that was the show that would have been fun, but then that was another one where you had to stand out in a field, and I just can't do that. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a bit of a. It was a bit of a clusterfuck, but uh, as far as the field situation, but you know, it was still a good show. Uh, it was fun, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, ZZ Top playing in Lagrange, playing Lagrange in Lagrange. How cool is that? So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Once right. in a lifetime. So you want to move on? Yeah. A special segment that we okay. may do every uh, week. Yeah, uh, okay. Called Oblique Strategies of the Week. Uh, insert theme music Oblique here. Oblique Strategies 
of the of week. The week. <laughs> yes. And if anybody knows. So is, are we talking about like oblique Eno's strategies? Oblique yes. Strategies? Yes. One hundred worthwhile dilemmas by Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt. Do you know who Peter Schmidt is or was? Schmidt. He's P Peter he's Schmidt. Some sort of an artist type person. Yes. Isn't he an artist? Yes, I believe he is. I know he did. He's a creative um, person. I know he on did. On some level. I think when 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 they first released um, Before and After Science on vinyl, which was the only well, there was cassettes and eight tracks, but I think Before and After Science came with four postcards designed by Peter Schmidt on the first oh, pressing. I that could be might wrong. Be. So anyway, I I created... and I feel like I had that at one point, and and probably sold it to half price books or something. Oh, you <laughs> actually had a real authentic uh, a version. I feel like oh, I did, but cool. I may not have. I may be dreaming. Did you know yeah. I I ended up <laughs> creating my own set on uh, index cards, and so I've got a of stack. strategies. Yeah, I got a stack right in front of me, right here, of the uh, one hundred hmm. worthwhile dilemmas called oblique strategies, and it's got a description. That that come that's on the first card. Shall I shall I read the card just so the audience okay. knows what the hell we're talking about? So yeah, oblique strategies, one hundred worthwhile dilemmas. These cards evolved from our separate observations on the principles underlying what we were doing. Sometimes they were recognized in retrospect, intellect catching up with intuition. Sometimes they were identified as they were happening. Sometimes they were formulated. They can be used as a pack, a set of possibilities being continuously reviewed in the mind, or by drawing a single card from the shuffled pack when a dilemma occurs in a working situation. In this case, the card is trusted, even if its appropriateness is quite unclear. They are not final, as new ideas will present themselves, and others will become self-evident. So, hmm. anyway... So. Well, you know, uh, they discuss oblique strategy cards in Slacker. They do, and you read, know, read a few of them, that is they? A, but the first place I ever heard about it was that they, I believe, you know, Bowie talked about it when he worked with Eno. They used them, and I oh. feel like that I heard about that on a discussion of the Lodger album being made, but it could have been one of the other ones that Eno was involved with. Okay. So what I'd, what, I'd yeah. like, what I'd like to do is tr draw one from the deck, but I want to ask the listeners to think of some dilemma or some sticking point in their life, and then I will read the uh, random card that I pull from the deck, and maybe our uh, listeners can apply that to what's going on in their life right now. You want me to grab I'm a random one? I'm going to do the same. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I've got a... I've got a a, a thing in mind that's a it pl problematic for me. Okay. So uh, I'm all ears. All right. I'll think of something too. Okay. I'm just going to pull a random card here. Okay. And it says, ah, this is, this is a good one. Not building a wall, making a brick. That That's, wow. <laughs> I've, I've read that one before. Hmm. Not building a wall, making a brick. So, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> well, hmm. Why don't we? Why don't I we? Mean, dis why don't we discuss what that means? Uh, I mean, is that? Does that uh, mean to you? Does that mean not not seeing the big picture and trying to 
trying to solve the entire problem, but just seeing right. a small piece of the picture and concentrating on that part of the right. problem. Maybe, yeah, maybe not not allow yourself to be overwhelmed by by you know the enormity of a of a of a problem or a task, but just trying to yeah concentrate on one one small aspect of it and 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 solve that and then move on to another hmm. brick and another brick but hopefully not a brick like and before a, long not, not a pink floyd brick though you don't are want you that are you not a fan of pink floyd's bricks no. <laughs> well, you don't like the wall by pink floyd no i like pink i like the wall by pink floyd but you, nobody wants oh, to be okay. a brick in the wall right that's just true a, just yes. a, a, a a a cog in the works well, I right, so, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it, Roger Waters is an asshole. We all agree, but <laughs> <laughs> The Wall is an amazing record hey, and, and folks, film. He said it, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think even most Pink Floyd fanatics uh, would agree that Roger Waters is kind of a dick. Well, <laughs> but, but okay. That doesn't mean that he's not an amazing creative yeah. person. And and you know you can I I, you I, know, I love his music but yeah I'm not sure I would want to hang out with him for the day. Well I I don't know I think I think it was trying to hang on to kind of Pink Floyd that existed when uh, Sid Barrett was still part of the the band and maybe the other members of the group were wanted to be more commercially popular I don't know that's just my opinion. Well, you're, yeah, well, you're, you know, I don't think of him as a dick in that sense of the story. It's more of after the, after Pink Floyd became famous and Roger Waters has been kind of, he doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. And, oh, well, you know, he's been yeah, very but, dismissive of Gilmore. And, right. That was, that was like, you know, fights over creative differences, I would think. And, yeah. And money issues, etc. So I don't know. I don't think I know enough about it to to give a very cogent argument one way or the other. Oh, I probably don't either. I um, <laughs> but I um, I'm just reading some interviews with Roger Waters, and I think I actually listened to his on the DVD of Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie. I listened to his audio track, whatever they call that. The director's uh, director's commentary right um although he wasn't the director but he did a commentary on there and he was just he was just kind of bitched all the way through it and it was just like oh what an unpleasant person oh no <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> we went from eno's oblique strategies to pink floyd <laughs> yeah how do we do that i like but that anyway, because but, of the uh, wall yeah the, the card for the week was not building a wall making a brick so see Making if you can if you can if our listeners can apply that to their daily lives. Don't know or their creative their creative process. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that helps right. me on my problem I was thinking of uh, my personal issue, but yeah. but that's okay. Well, that's okay. It, it it made me think about other things, which um, yeah took my mind off work problems. So there you go. Well, you gotta. Yeah, maybe maybe you know after <laughs> after mulling it over for a day or two, you might actually find that it it could apply to something. So who knows? Right, right. Yeah. Well, You'll I think see. so too. I was just thinking about building a wall, which seems negative. You know, erecting a wall, a barrier. But don't think about yeah. making a barrier. Think about making a brick, something constructive. 
Don't oh. think about building barriers. Think about don't think about being destruct not destructive but closed off. Ah. Close-minded. Wow. Think there about you go. building a brick. You, being you... constructive the good part of that one scenario. See, you found another Yeah, Eno. You found another Eno. angle, man. Eno, man. Yeah. That's I'm... crazy, man. Eno, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess by making things, you know, sort of vague you can it, it makes you think like uh one of those uh what do they call them quans or something uh uh it's a, a is that a, a buddhist thing you know it, you're hmm. given you're given like a uh a, a, a question or somebody makes a statement to you that you know at first glance you don't know what it means you have to kind of meditate on it for uh for a while to to fully or to make some sense of what what the what the phrase means or something. I wish I had a good hmm. uh, example of that. Uh, you know, uh, like a, a stereotype or a, a, a cliche one would be, uh, "What's the sound of one hand clapping?" Right. That's, that's one of those meditative statements. It's a thinker. You know? It's a thinker. Exactly. Yeah. I think they call it a quan. See, I never thought that was much of a of a uh, a quandary because. I don't know if you can hear that, but that's the sound of one hand clapping. You can clap with one hand. Now, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around, does it make a sound? Now that, right. that I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think both of them are, are, can be, yeah, classified as the same thing. Yeah. I wonder if the word, if, if the, the word quan and quandary are the, are, are, have the same root. It's interesting. You're right. Yeah, that's hmm. what I was thinking when you said it. Yeah, hmm. I think Quan is spelled C O I N, like coin. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, so. okay. I'll I'll look it up. I'll talk get about, back. To, I'll get back to you. Slope. I'll uh, I'll write you. Right. I'll write you a small dissertation on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on what the what the hell that means. Footnotes. Footnotes. Fun. Yes. Footnotes. <laughs> footnotes. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So have we have we milked our our oblique strategy of the week yet? completely i think so okay i think we have i think to. that's i think we got everything out of that that we want to get out of that right but i like the idea i do like the idea yeah it's uh it's fun and and possibly as we go along if we get bogged down in uh in a podcast where we're not sure what to talk about next Ooh. well there, there's a good there's a good uh source for us to solve that problem wow that's that is a great idea okay we yeah, shall do cool. that. Oh, well, I want to shift gears here for a moment or completely <laughs> and move on cuz <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're getting close to close to an, the hour mark, but we still got a lot of time. Uh don't don't let that stop us. I mean, there's no there's no um set time length that we have to make a, a podcast. I like to try to keep them an hour or so, but if they go to an hour and 15 or hour and 30 or, you know, six days, I mean, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what the Guinness Book of World Records for podcasting is. I don't know. Some some asshole probably. <laughs> Just recording, him, so, yeah. recording all the boring shit going on in his, his life uh, <laughs> 24-7, you know, for a week. <laughs> but who knows? I don't know. But... Uh, I was thinking about um, last week's podcast that you had mentioned that, and 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 you refreshed my memory about it, is that the 
the the first time that I met you was you know when you started corresponding with John Christensen is because he had seen your file 13 uh, movie review website right is that correct okay so, yeah so we never really kind of got into that uh, very in depth so I'd like to kind of uh, just uh, you know touch on that a little a little more and and find out a little more what 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 that was all about so yeah so um well it when when did when well well let me just ask the an opening question so okay when when did you get interested in doing movie reviews and then you know in fact actually having a, a movie review website so I started I worked for my first theater I was actually most people do it as a job as a teenager I was I think in my late 20s the first time I worked for a movie theater oh, and okay. I worked for uh, a Lowe's cinema which I don't even know if Lowe's cinemas still exists um, but when you when you work for movie theaters and I worked for this this is how long ago it was it was a fourplex there were only four screens and uh, uh-huh. when when you work for a movie theater you get to see free movies you know you uh, on your off time you can go and watch movies well, and shit. That's, uh, a, that's a good perk so, yeah. So I started watching, um, just watching a lot of movies uh, at the theater. And after seeing 20 or 30, probably, maybe even less than that, I thought, boy, I should just keep a list of all the movies I see. I should, you know, and I just, this was also around the time, so this is like 91, I believe. So it was also the, I had just gotten a computer, and it was a, an old school type computer mm-hmm. that ran on floppy disks. And, wow. uh, so I just I just started by saying, oh, I'm just going to keep a list of the movies I see. And then that started with, oh, here, you know, adding the next one to the list and putting a little thought behind it, kind of like your Florence and the Machine thing. Just right. a few thoughts about the movie to remind me what it was about or what I thought of it or whatever. And that slowly evolved into me just kind of writing longer and longer R- things about or, what I'd seen. OK. And yeah. Well, then eventually became reviews. Yeah. All right. So, so that's, that started in 91, 92, 91. I can remember now because the files were named after the year I, I but, made them. So but that the, started but these in 91. Were, these were just for your own fun and edification. Yeah. You weren't there. You weren't sharing these with a lot of people or anything. They were just stored on right, your, your hard drive, your, your fl- on a floppy yeah. drive somewhere. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Correct. Yeah. So just, was, just was, for my own fun. It was an intellectual exercise. Yeah, I'm not even sure. You know, it, it was kind of meant to be a diary, but it turned into something else. Wow. And then, so in 99, when I moved to Austin, and 99 is about the time where, uh, you know, we'd had computers for a while, but everything was still everything was still pretty new with computers, but email was kind of, you know, at its beginning stages. Sure, and, sure. Um, so, like, when I moved to Austin, I did a lot of things when I first got here that were really cool. I went to um, the Austin Film Festival. I went to the Gay and Lesbian Film Festival here called Agliff. Right. Um, and the first year I lived here, they had uh, John Waters come and do a presentation. Wow. So I got I got to see John Waters, uh, uh, you know, at a theater doing one of his um, presentation things, one of his speak- a speaking engagement, basically. Wow, that's cool. Amazing. 
Yeah, really cool. That was also the year that things like Blair Witch came out, Eyes Wide Shut. Actually, Blair Witch and Eyes Wide Shut are the first two movies that came out when I first moved to Austin. So those wow. are like the first two movies I saw in Austin. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So, well, actually, Pi was the first, but that was the year before. But that's anyway. So okay. anyway, I just started started sending emails to my friends um, saying, oh, yeah, this week, you know, I went to the – gay and lesbian film festival and saw john waters speak and it was really amazing and right. blah 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 and then you know when i saw blair witch i kind of wrote oh yeah i saw blair witch and here's what i thought and blah, blah and one of my friends who was getting these emails went you we need to start a website and i thought yeah, yeah we do that'd be cool and the next next yeah, the email this, from him was this was before you know facebook and and even uh, uh, uh myspace the, yeah myspace probably so. yeah yeah so yeah you, this you is just the sharing the way of, you knew yeah, these were early days of web pages. This was just just the beginning of web pages, really. Um, before that, it had been things like bulletin boards. Remember bulletin boards on computers? Right. Yeah, vaguely. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so um so the next thing I know, I get an email from this friend, and it's like, oh, I registered the domain name file13.com, and uh, so send me all your stuff. And I'm like, I've got stuff going back eight years. <laughs> what are you talking wow. about? Send me your stuff. That is so, so cool. I just started. I just started sending him uh, some of the movie reviews I had and some of the ones I was writing for the new stuff I was seeing. And then I started sending him, uh, then we started doing like a, what would now be called a blog where mm -hmm. I did something called no notes from Austin, where I wrote about what I had done that week. And sometimes yes. it was very basic stuff. And, you know, sometimes it'd be a whole story, you know, it'd be paragraphs about something I did like seeing John Waters or, or going to uh, a play or I used to do a lot of stuff in Austin. Or, the, the Chronicle was my Bible. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. For, for a yeah. lot of us. Definitely. Yeah. But, uh, Oh, so, that's you know, where you had, you had written about, you had written something about loop TV on your site. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. The notes from Austin probably is where loop TV was mentioned first. Yes. I Cause remember. definitely I, I would do when I did the Austin film festival where John was, a. uh, uh, what do you call it? A uh, film program, system film programmer. Yes. Um, I wrote about. Yeah. I wrote. A, I would write a blog about the day I had at the film festival, as well as the movies I saw and the reviews of those movies. And wow. I saw. I don't even know. I, I think I bought. I bought tickets or a pass to see films at the Austin Film Festival the first October I was here. Hmm. But okay. that's how all of, that just that just kind of started, that's and then. Wild. It really snowballed, and then in January of 2000, mm -hmm. my the friend that I started that so we'd only been doing the website three or four months. The friend that I'd been doing that with said, "I got his I got his passes to Sundance, not Sundance, Slam Dance. Right, we're going to Park City." So he paid for all of us for me and and uh, him and another guy that worked on the website with us uh, to go to Park City. And wow. and see slam dance and and stuff just kind of snowballed. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, and it was all we you know we it was really done before there was advertising on web pages, so we didn't really make any money doing it. Um, it was all oh. done kind of for the joy of doing yeah. it. Um, and you know it was cool because I did get press passes to. A lot of film festivals. Um, I even got to a point where people would send me um, uh, screeners of their independent films. 
and I went to a lot of previews of movies uh, and got to see them. The first one I got to see before it came out that was that I remember distinctly was I watched American Beauty at like nine o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday morning about two months before it came out. Wow. And it was the most amazing movie. It blew my mind. And I was like, this movie is just something really special. Wow. And so, yeah, and I was like half awake <laughs> trying, but it woke me up. That movie woke me up. Amazing. But so, yeah, what, it was just a fun, cool experience. Speaking of movies, what was the first movie you actually reviewed for the website? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> what about when I you? Think, when, I mean, uh -huh. I you know I I know that the, the two of the first movies I saw here were were Blair Witch and Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Um, so, so those were probably two of the first. So it's very likely that, yeah, that might have been the ones. All that stuff is still on a, on an old one of those old websites that that old websites get stored on. Right. We we're the talking way, about that the, the Wayback Machine, right? The Wayback Machine. If you go to the Wayback Machine and you look up File 13, right. you can find the website. Um, wow. So and you can find the the I I looked at it probably a couple of years ago. The first. The notes from Austin, Volume One, Number One. Wow, amazing! Um, which, which is like talking about moving into my apartment, and pr I think I talked about what I ate for dinner. Or something. Oh shit! <laughs> wow, you were, was, you were you know yeah you were doing a, a, a yeah just a full blog. It's like a of sorts blog before it was uh, yeah. before there was such a thing as a blog. Yeah, yeah. I remember when blogging kind of started, and I was like, I've been doing I've been doing that for you know we didn't call it a blog though. Right. And people were like, oh, you should start a blog. And I'm like, I don't need a blog. I have a website. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the so, notes from Austin were a blog. So there you go. So that's They why. really were, yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah. fun. It was – I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was a lot of work. We put a lot of effort into it, and, and after a while it became really hard to do for just for the fun of it. It, uh, it kind of became more like a job than a, a hobby. And uh, and it it was just a little too much, and eventually it got too much for us to just kind of keep up with it. And I kind of gave up on it before anyone else did, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right. It yeah, was that, pretty. It was an you, you already answered. You answered. Years. You answered a question before I I even asked it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Why did you stop? <laughs> but uh, yeah. that question it, being answered. Okay. No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. it. Was, I mean, Loop yeah, Loop TV was, actually kind of. Had a similar fate. Yeah, it know. was very similar. Yeah. At some point, yeah. you feel okay. It's run its course. I don't know where to go from here. So. Right, and it just, it just seems like we, you know, we we put a lot of time and effort into Lube TV. We would, we would have to record it, and then you would have to edit it. And by God, God knows you did more than I did. But, but <laughs> you know, it it could take up hours of your week of your free time, and oh. then. Yeah, and you, you know. know for for the longest, yeah, it was you know it was fun and 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 interesting, and then I guess after a while, like like you said about you know, uh, file thirteen, it kind of started feeling like a job and kind of lost a little bit of its right. fun. But uh, right, yeah, you know, but yeah, it's, it's and then good you, you that know, it's, you get, it's, get a few years later, right? You get a few years later, and you're like, why did I stop doing that? It was so much <laughs> fun. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you know that may be, you know, part of the reason this uh, podcast is happening. Just that desire to uh, right. to continue something to put things out there that could be you know right. interesting for people to listen to, and for us to uh, yeah you know, stretch our stretch our creative muscles so to speak. 
Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun way to keep into, you know, I know that like when you first moved to Austin, mm-hmm. you, you know, you were an, you know, not by trade, but you acted and did short films and plays and different things. But I don't really know. I know you. That's how you met John Christensen. Um, that's but I right. really don't. You, you know, you and I haven't really talked a lot about. Did you? I you studied engineering in college. Did you do I, I plays did, in did. college? Well, you know, I don't think I've ever asked you that. <laughs> I'll tell you. After all um, these years. Okay, I'll, I'll just preface everything by saying I don't think I was ever a great actor. <laughs> But I, I think, I, you know, there are times where I was a good actor and definitely at least a serviceable actor. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I was always doing stuff from, you know, from uh, grade school on, you know, always doing uh, oh, something. Really? Always, always had that desire. And so, so, yeah, through grade school and junior high and high school was always involved in and in, in, whatever theater was available in LaGrange at the time and always seemed to get leading roles and things. And so I was kind of a, you know, a, a big fish in a small pond kind of thing as far as acting went. And, uh, I never, never quite took it to, you know, never, never felt it. I don't know. I, you know, there, there are probably some regrets there, but otherwise, no, I'm happy the way my life has been. And yes, uh, in, in, in college, I did do some acting, e- even though I was studying engineering at the time. And so it was, you know, just because they, they had a theater department. Actually, it was part of the communications department. And, and I just, you know, auditioned for some roles. And uh, actually, the first thing I auditioned for in college was a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Didn't ultimately get a role, but I did make <laughs> I, I did make the callback auditions, so I made it through the first level. It just didn't oh, didn't, cool. didn't quite pan out. But then they had something else, which is like an uh, uh, what they called an evening of one act plays that they did, and so I was involved with that. It was like several of one act plays that were uh, written by independent playwrights and stuff. So that was fun. But once I was out of college hmm. and and working in engineering. I got involved with local community theaters in the the Austin area and did at least 20-some-odd plays in the the Austin and Round Rock area. Uh, Let's see. I I played Biff in Death of a Salesman once. uh, Wow. Is Biff one of the sons? Yes, the uh, the troubled son. Ah. Yes. Ah, okay. I've never actually seen Death of a Salesman. Yeah, really. That was probably one of of the most challenging and, and... rewarding acting experiences I ever had and let's see later on uh was in a there was an Austin production of Ordinary People which I played the uh, the swim coach <laughs> which was actually a fun role but uh at the <laughs> but at the at the the uh, same theater that I played Biff at uh in Death of a Salesman I also um acted and directed in uh Shakespeare's A Comedy of Errors uh which was an amazing experience for sure. Both, you know, I was I was flexing my Orson wow. Welles muscles by directing and acting at the same time, <laughs> which is a, which is fun. Uh, and right. uh, then was hmm. was involved with the, which was a, like a new theater company called the the Colonial Shakespeare Company in Austin, and uh, uh, we put on a Midsummer Night's Dream where I played King, a lecherous King at that. 
Oh, I don't know. I, I, I have some videotape of that somewhere, so we'll see. But, wow. Uh, see, I didn't know any of this because I'm a horrible friend who's never asked you before. Yeah. Oh, I didn't play the king. I played, That's so funny. I played Theseus, Duke of Athens. Royalty. <laughs> a lecherous royal, as a matter Duke, of fact. Duke. Duke, Duke the <laughs> Athens, Duke, Duke. <laughs> so, so you said you did. You said you did plays in junior high and high school. Yes. Right. Indeed, I did. Did you ever have a leading role in like a high school play? Oh yeah, yeah. I played uh, Charlie and uh, Charlie and Algernon. If you're familiar with that <laughs> oh, one. Wow. Remember that? Flowers for Algernon. Yeah. yeah it, this one was called Charlie and Algernon. It was like a a, a, a hmm. version. It was actually a, a musical version. But they cut out all the musical bits and just left in the uh, the, the the story. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but it, okay. is, it is ridiculous. Interesting. I don't know. I think they they I think they did like a, an amalgamated production of something. But anyway, it it worked out. And uh, yeah, wow, that was that was probably the best role I had in in high school. One that was the one we took to UIL competition, and I got I got a district best actor. But unfortunately, wow, the, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, but unfortunately, the uh, play itself did not win, and we didn't go on to regional. Hmm. So I, I kind of made a deal with myself. I was like, okay, if we make it to state, then I will decide to make acting my profession. That, that was the the right. ultimatum I made for myself since. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't make it to state. We didn't even get past district. So, uh, engineering, here I come. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. I don't know. Maybe it was a, a rash decision, but I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't really have any regrets because I've still managed to keep things. You know, keep things like that in 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 my life. Right. And, you know, acting's a hard gig, man. That's a yeah, hard, I, hard. I, you know, that's that's why I'm saying I was never a great actor, so I don't think I would ever have made it really big. But uh, well, it's a you never know. But yeah, you, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say coulda, woulda, shoulda, what if, what if, what if. But right. Uh, so, but then you did know, did I ever tell you I, that uh, uh-huh. in high school I was in a play? No, you didn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> there wasn't really much in a play, but okay. I actually was uh, uh not to interrupt your story, but uh, when fine. I was in eighth grade, we did. You can't take it. No, ninth grade. We did. You can't take it with you. Yeah, I've heard of and, that. And and even have you not? I thought everybody had been in a production of You Can't Take It With You. <laughs> I can't say that I have, but I, I know oh, a theater. Oh wow, it's a I great know, play. I know a theater company that I was associated with did a production of it, but I I don't think I was ever a part of it. It's a fun play, and it's a you know they did a movie version of it, which is not too bad. Yeah. But as a play, it's a lot more fun, I think. But. Anyway, okay. I just actually on the very last night that we did it, my parents came, and so I was I did props for it, and ah. but then they wanted me to be one of the. There's a scene at the end where like um, some G-men come in, uh, and there's like three or four of them, and they wanted me to to be one of them, and I couldn't work up the balls to do it until the last night when my parents were there, and then I went out and wow. and did it, and I can tell you from that. From that two minutes on stage, I knew I never wanted to be an actor <laughs> ever again. <laughs> because when you hear actors and professionals and comedians and people talk about, oh, I got up on stage and I knew that's where I belonged or, you know, or I heard the laughs and I, I wanted that all the time. Not me. All I wanted to do was get off that stage. Oh, okay. Well, that was a good indicator then. That was a good indicator. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
But that's so. I didn't realize you had done that much acting. I, yeah. I just never, you know, I knew you acted in short films. And it's funny, I never yeah. even, you know how you meet someone, you know, and from the moment I met you, well, not the moment, but from, from, from first knowing you, I knew you did short films with John and you were an actor and stuff. Right. And I... UT I student never, films. I never realized you. Yeah, and, I just and, thought you did that kind of as for fun. It never occurred to me. Oh, Mark's an engineer. Why is he doing? Why is he acting in movies? I just thought you kind of did it for a lark. That's so funny. I don't know. It's it's balancing that left brain and right brain deal. I guess you know. Right. What are you gonna do? Well, you gotta have some creative outlets. That's for sure. Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, a lot of cool UT student films and. Uh, like extra roles in uh you know big productions like you know you know I was in uh, the Alamo as one of the defenders yeah oh dude yeah. i know you're a good actor cuz i saw you sitting on the wall of the alamo <laughs> and i believed you were sitting <laughs> on the wall of the alamo man <laughs> yeah i know uh it, it was a, it was a paying gig and and it worked for several months because i was one of the yeah. uh, defenders and so we actually had to to uh, go to a defender's boot camp for several days to see if we could handle the physical requirements of being Alamo defenders. So we had to learn how to shoot a, a, a flintlock rifle and march and learn how to fall, you know, when you're when you're fake shot and shit like that. So it's almost like a, a, a mini stuntman school that we had to go to. Wow. Before uh, being a part of the uh, production, yeah, so it's kind of cool. That's cool. We got yeah. to hang, we got to hang out with Billy Billy Bob Thornton and uh, Jason Patrick and uh, those other people. <laughs> All the other. Actually, Patrick Billy Wilson? Bob Thornton is such yes. The Billy Bob Thornton is is such a charismatic person. He would he would actually sit around and extras and actors would stand listen to him tell stories on set and stuff so that was that was really cool what wasn't hmm. cool is is he is, seems like he'd be an okay guy yeah i mean i know there are probably a lot of stories about him that maybe aren't so nice but <laughs> all, all i've got are good stories <laughs> but uh yeah well you'll never so. write a book then no no <laughs> well i could write a book but nobody would want to read it they want they want a book with dirt in it so they want anyway. dirt yes people want dirt Yes. Bad things that happened. and right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. man, I think this has been a great second episode. I, I think it's as, is wonderful. Yeah, no regrets whatsoever. It's been awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. It took me, I had a, I had a few technical problems when we started, but uh, I got got those solved, and we right. got a little bit of a late start. But Yeah, um, we got them sorted out. This has been a fun, fun episode. Oh, yeah. I, I learned a lot. Well, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. it's been entertaining for our listeners out there. I think it, I think it probably I hope so. will be. And uh, yeah, so we're we're right at about uh, an hour and twenty minutes here. So you know, I know we start. We probably had about ten minutes where we were just kind of gabbing and stuff. But uh, yeah, good job, man. Well, awesome. I've enjoyed it. So can't wait for the I. next one. Absolutely. This is going to become a, a, a fun habit. Yeah, come up with some more stuff to talk about. Yeah, definitely. There's always something to talk about. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, awesome. say goodbye to everybody, Lodger. 
Well, goodbye, everybody. I had a good time. I hope you did, too. Looking forward to the next show. Oh, me too. And uh, Mark and I have a lot of things we want to talk about and and yeah. um, can't wait. <laughs> Neither can I. All right. Good deal. I need a sign-off. I need – so until next time, <laughs> keep your feet on the ground and don't itch your butthole. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not a good one. I'll come up with something better. Yes. <laughs> Keep your feet on the and, ground and keep reaching for those stars. Oh, that's it. And keep that's your feet it. on the ground or some. I can't remember. I yeah. can't remember either. Seacrest out. Yes. <laughs> How about, why isn't it Seacrest sea out and proud? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that's, I like that. Lodger out and proud. <laughs> that's going to be my sign off. <laughs> yes. And I'll just say slide on in next week to the next episode of Slippery Slope. <laughs>